0: These guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's flagrant howls. You know, I know LeBron wasn't playing last night, Judd, but because the Wolves are back at the top of the NBA standings this morning, I think it warrants getting the flag. Towel?
1: Let's go. What direction is this? Yep, nope. Now, yep, yep. now you're on the right track. Yep, right yep, wave the towel. Wave that towel. Yep. Target center they would have won won even if lebron was there my moles do tell me that there are there are discussions about taking the tarps off the sections in the second deck
0: now when you say that do you mean because tarps off could mean a couple of things i mean like everyone's gonna take their shirts off or nope
1: nope nope i'm talking about opening up the seating that the nba has allowed teams like the wolves to cover and then declare sellouts despite the fact that those seats are not available um but the issue is and i i've this makes sense. Well, it doesn't make any sense, but it makes sense. Now there are 8,000 seats downstairs at that place and 10,000 seats upstairs. Unfortunately, when they built it, they didn't build a requisite amount of bathrooms or kitchen space for concessions to accommodate 10,000 upstairs. people upstairs. So if oh, they yeah. do this, there's going to be longer lines and there's going to be more complaints. You know, I feel like fans, it, I think I welcome these problems. Like, isn't oh, this kind of yeah. the
0: first time in twenty years that we've had to deal with any type of problems like this?
1: Oh, no! Oh, Target
0: Center is going to be too full and, and too they took packed.
1: The, they took that off for the playoffs, right? I, I, I want to say they have sold yeah. those seats, so it's very doable. But I'm saying that the demand now is is so high on a nightly basis that I think you can justify. Um, probably opening it back up, and yes, there might be some lines, there might be some problems there. But you're right, it's a great problem, and and it's fun to see the excitement. It's great to oh, see man. it. It's it, dude.
0: I wasn't there last night, but we were we were getting dinner with some friends and had the game on. We were actually over in in West End area, and, and we had the game on, and we we're just watching. And man, you can just the the atmosphere. Like I love. It's funny, ironically, D'Lo is the one that started by kind of complaining about these quiet ass fans. Right. And he kind of started the trend of, okay, okay. We'll take that criticism, stand up until the first bucket. And so last night, you know, 10 seconds of the game, Mike Conley wide open in the corner, the replacement for D'Lo just cashes a three and the crowd goes crazy right away.
1: That actually might be uh, D'Angelo's greatest, um, the greatest thing he brought here. His best contribution was might hel- helping the
0: atmosphere inside because we didn't really you know like the like the kings had the cowbells for a long time and there's all like all these teams have traditions and yeah for like pretty much 20 years we just kind of showed up and would watch the game and well, and it has and it brings up? people together well yeah that's that's, that's true know. too nobody nobody for a long time um i do have an important question for you. And then three wolves takes here on Flagrant Howls after we shout out our friends at Popcorn. So uh, Craig Kilborn made another appearance on Flagrant Howls this week. If you guys haven't checked that out, you can find it on the Flagrant Howls podcast feed, scorn on the YouTube channel. And uh, we, were, we were in the middle of talking about popcorn, 80 flavors of small batch popcorn to make your holiday gift giving pop. Probably a little bit late on that right now, but you, know, you, can, you can send a gift and apologize for it being late. And he was like, wait a second, white cheddar, garlic, Parmesan? So we sent a little popcorn with a Timberwolves tin over to uh, to Hollywood, Los Angeles, for Kilby. He's a big fan of popcorn. But 80 flavors. You got sweet flavors like s'more, caramel, the baseball mm. mix. You got savory flavors like mac and cheese, dill pickle, Parmesan, garlic. Popped corn and tins, Vikings tins, gophers, twins, wild wolves. Order online at poppedcorn.com. That's popcorn.com. Here's my first question for you, Judd, the OG Timberwolves guy here on Flagrant House. Are we ready mentally, emotionally, physically, for a deep Wolves playoff run in
1: five or six months from now? Um, absolutely. In fact, I I would say that so. Right now it's a little bit hard, hard to get used to th- this team not being not just being good but being really good. One of the best teams if not the best team in the entire NBA which sounds stupid, but it's true. Um but I will say my experience and you don't have as much as I do with this because it's been so long for the most part. My experience is we are great with playoff runs. Nobody rallies and look, I mean it's not hard, the team is good, it's fun, but I think we are and and I'll point to you know when when the twins now those playoff runs were different because they were American League Championship Series World Series um but I'll point to those two championships when this town was electric and it was great fun and the Metrodome was absolutely hopping and you couldn't hear a damn thing mm-hmm. I'll point to the 91 North Stars run to the Stanley Cup finals a not good team that somehow miraculously made this long run and it it crescendoed it got better and better and better so I think that we are more than prepared and it's long overdue for an actual playoff run i I mean the last one was the wolves going to the, the western conference finals which had been preceded a year i think before by the wild going to the western conference finals but as weird as it's going to seem i think the season of success here and assuming it continues not to jinx it knock on wood i think the season of success is serving as a very good appetizer to remind us what this will look like what this will feel like what this will be like and i would argue that timberwolves fans if indeed there is a playoff run that's long will play a key role because the way they that arena is electric right now and absolutely hopping will only progress as the spring grows i think downtown will be a lot of fun which you know has not been the case necessarily Mm -hmm. um consistently i think the twins playoff success against the blue jays served as a really cool reminder of what it's like, like when you just give us a morsel, because that was a morsel. It was when like a week
0: give... and a half, right? Yeah, it was
1: breadcrumb. It was a damn breadcrumb. Yeah. But it, I mean, it, we it
0: felt like it felt like a long time because they they've they literally haven't given you more than like three games in a sweep in twenty years, yeah.
1: and we ran with it. But like it was fun, and like the fans, I give them credit; they were awesome. I yes, I think that what I think that the playoff run actually, we are prepared. As weird as that seems to say about Timberwolves,
0: I think so too. I think. It is crazy to think because we've the last couple of weeks, we've made references and, and had fun with like, you're the only one here between me, Kyle, Declan, that remembers the first Wolves season in 1989 and watching uh, you know, games at the Metrodome before Target Center was even ready. But if you start there and go all the way through, we've only had one actual playoff run. And I think a run is you win a series and get to the next round. I mean that's like the the lowest bar for a run because the only the only one year they've won playoff series, and this year at at this point, like if the playoffs started right now, and the and the play in, so you'd have you'd have the play in teams. You know the Wolves would. I'm trying to think here. So it would be the seven eight Pelicans would play the Rockets right now in a play in, and then the, whoever wins that is the seven seed. And then Lakers Suns would play each other. I think Suns would probably win that game, and then the Suns would probably beat the Rockets. So you'd you'd play the Suns. I think right now in a first round playoff series, mm-hmm. can you imagine? And by the way, I wouldn't want that draw in the first round. I, I don't think they're going to be sitting there in four months from now. But you'd yep. have a you'd have a raucous Target Center, best team in Timberwolves history regular season or second best if you want to concede to the O three O four team. And you'd have Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal. Yeah,
1: it'd be be tested. I mean, it, but it would be assuming so health, much yeah, right. Fun. It would be absolutely. It'd be such a blast. And well, I, I, I don't know, man. And the one thing that's changed too, um, from from you know all those playoff runs, is this: Wolves fans would find their way into the Suns arena too. The oh, yeah. traveling dynamic has really changed, which is mm-hmm. awesome, which is cool. Uh, but, you know, between the snowbirds who live in, in that area of the country now and just fans who are traveling, because there seems to be, you know, the, the Vikings are the poster child, but there seems to be a lot more of that. Yeah, I think it'd be fantastic. And, and you know, playoff runs, and I consider a real playoff run to probably be a conference final because like the wilds made the second round a few times Mm and i mean we've we've done our show a a couple of times uh that they've made it and it's a lot of fun but it's still a sort of an abrupt end it feels like Mm uh conference finals is another rare air Uh, i think yeah i think that this fan base and just what they're showing now like look at the look at the success that this has gotten and and you know what back to the jimmy butler days fans came back out it, this this again proves this is a great basketball talent and always has been. If you give them something,
0: you know what it is. It is. It's funny how you can you can kind of take each Minnesota of the main four men's sports teams. You know that have been around the longest. They all have different. The fan bases have different personalities, even if a lot of people are fans of those same teams. Where I feel like the Twins fan base is a little bit uh, skeptical and. I don't know if jaded's the right word, but they're they're always kind of looking at the the cheap ownership. And it's kind of a little engine that could, a little bit of a bandwagon where there's not going to be any fans inside Target Field for the May and June games. But if they start to win, it'll be August, September. Vikings fans are just, like, they're hopeful, but they're also guarded. It's this... It's six decades of emotional damage, and so a lot oh, of yeah. a lot of fans are just like bracing for whatever it is. And yep, you know, why maybe wild I don't know, wild fans I think are starting to, although they've been playing better lately after making the coaching change. But there's a certain personality to wild fans. Timberwolves fans are some of the most self aware, smartest, celebratory, joyous fans. There's no even even with how much of a Beating you've taken as a fan, right? How many bad decisions ownership has made and bad drafts and all this stuff? It's like people just show up. I'm here. I'm at Target Center. Let's go. It's, it's, it's a, I don't know. There's just like a joyousness and a high IQ nature to Timberwolves fans inside Target Center. They, they feel different right now to me.
1: Oh, they are. Yeah. And, and I, I also think that the NBA, um, not surprisingly at all draws a lot of younger fans. So like it skews younger and look, I mean, basketball is a great sport too, because it's, it's what, two hours. Like, you know, it's not a hard sport to watch. And so I feel like a a lot of young fans gravitate towards that. Um, You know, I, I actually think, and I I got pushback from a couple of folks on, on this when we discussed this a few, like a month ago, but I actually think that the clientele in, target center because it's not a swanky place is more fun like i think if you take the timberwolves and you build them an arena you know in the suburbs and now tickets go sky high i don't think you can i think the clientele changes it's like it's like to a certain degree the wild games it's an incredibly expensive thing to go, go to i feel like it's families and corporations i feel like the wolves is more let's buy some wolves tickets right and people go and that's more fun. I mean, hell, the Twins Blue Jays game were great fun, not because of the people who go all the time, and and you know, I will I will never begrudge, and I don't begrudge, especially like young fans who say that looks like fun. Let's I wanna, do it. I want to
0: have some fun. Yeah, let's. But yeah. Don't,
1: don't you think the Wolves like are drawing that type of crowd right now? It doesn't. It doesn't feel like a glitzy crowd. It doesn't feel like a super rich crowd. It feels like a really good mix.
0: It is. It's just a bunch of people that are that are having fun for the first time in like 20 years, fun at this level, and a bunch of people that are looking around at anyone else on the outside saying, well, wait a second, let's see what happens in a couple months. Let's see what happens in April. It's like, why? Okay, well, we will right. see what happens in a few months, but this is
1: super fun right now, and we're
0: going to have a ton of fun right now in December.
1: <laughs> and I'm fine with skepticism if you have a history of like, like if the Wolves now go three years, right? And they're really good, and they keep get, and and they do what the Wild's done, which is get bounced first round, first round, first round, then I get it, right? It's like, okay, let's wait. This team, no. This team, absolutely not. And and I do think that there has been a lot of basketball fans in this state who rightfully so have just, just sort of shrugged and gave up because it wasn't fun. Yep. And, now, and now that the team is good, they're back. But when you've given fans the amount of crap that, that the Wolves have, I ain't going to blame the fans for saying, tell me when you're good, and now they're good.
0: Correct, yep. So I've got three Wolves takes for you here, Phil's Wolves takes, okay. to uh, to get us through the second half of this episode. We'll start with this one. The day the Wolves traded D'Lo for Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and second-round picks is the day this franchise got serious. Serious about actually contending. I will preface like Delo was a big part of going from being like a twenty five thirty win team to being a, a play in team, and he was needed for that step. But I saw this quote, and he played pretty well last night too in LeBron's absence. He, yeah, he
1: plays pretty well. Some yeah.
0: Now, of course, the night you know, against Chicago, the night the first night of the back to back, he went like one for six for like four points or something ridiculous. Yep, yep. But I saw this quote from Lakers Daily on Twitter, LakersDaily dot com. Oh, it's blue check mark. So I don't know take it for what it is d'angelo russell when asked about his defense quote that's where i try to be better but that's not what i do Mm -hmm. that's not what i do Mm -hmm. you don't want that in your culture wolves culture heat culture the that's not what i do and he was actually like pretty handsy he had a few steals last night like he's not a terrible defender all the time but man, you hear that if you're a front office guy, if you're if you're Anthony Edwards over here or LeBron James over there, do you really want one of your key players saying, you know what, defense is great, I'll try to be better, but it's I don't really do defense. It's right. not really a a thing that I that I do. Right. You'll you'll never hear that from Mike Conley. He's not the greatest defender, but you'll never hear Mike Conley be like, I don't really do defense. You know, I'll pass the ball, I'll shoot some threes. So it's like D'Lo is an unserious player if your goal is to contend mike conley i know he's never won a championship mike conley is a serious adult franchise leading point guard and you saw it again last night
1: i think in some ways for the wolves especially but i mean hell the entire league the the conley trade is going to end up being one of the more interesting instructive things because i don't remember i'm trying to think in sports and i don't remember a trade because the gobert trade you know for certainly a lot of last season didn't look like it was working out well and it was like you know there's missing pieces here right it's like they did a double album and the gobert trade was part one but then they took some time to do part two and that was the conley trade with the same team Mm -hmm. and that like you know in karma put the whole thing together perfectly the gobert trade didn't stand by itself and mike conley did but the other thing too here is this this is the and this is not surprising to say but this is why um, professional sports and sports in general with real human beings is not fantasy sports, right? Yes. So like like you're not dra- like, oh, I'll take D'Angelo Russell. He's a pretty good player, and I'm going to put him on this team. Well, if, if you statistically accrue your points to try to win your league, okay, that might work. But locker rooms are real, and chemistry is real. And and I think we sometimes forget that in our excitement about names and about star power, right? But, like, you look at what happens in a locker room when it's galvanized, when the people get along, when, as you've said, Phil, there's an adult in the room. And that's where this whole thing, to me, goes over the top. What Conley brings on the floor is awesome, and he does a great job. But more importantly, it's what he brings from uh, almost father fit, Figure standpoint, which coaches can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like coaches can do all they can do, but they can't, they don't, they don't have the ability. Players are going to listen to players.
0: And players build culture. Yeah. Coaches, coaches can, can set up, they yes. can set up systems and they can, they can preach culture. But if, if the players aren't leading the culture, then there, there is no culture. Correct. And some, I think it was, I can't remember if it was Kyle or somebody else. I saw this tweet last night after the game and that with that trade. I mean, think about that. You traded two months of Delo's contract for Mike Conley and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, the second round assets that wind up getting you Leonard Miller, who's going to be a rotation guy probably starting next year. And Mike Conley winds up being essentially the cheat code to unlock Rudy Gobert, which has opened up this whole new world offensively, defensively, which brings me to my second Wolves take here. Oh, by the way, one more thing on Conley. So 51 games of Mike Conley Uh, he's, he's played all 51 games since the trade, all the back-to-backs, everything. And the wolves are 33 and 18 in those games. It's pretty good.
1: I also would say this about him. I'm not sure now, now playing wise, what you said is probably right, but I'm not sure that Gobert is the only player he's unlocked.
0: Oh no, no. It's in fact, uh, if you look runs deep. At some of the lineup combinations, I mean, he's unlocking Anthony Edwards more than anyone has. He's you could argue he's unlocking Jade McDaniels in some ways, like setting him up for shooting threes. But let me take you to my second take here, because it mm-hmm. we talk about unlocking Gobert. And it's not just Conley, like it's everything. It's him being around, it's him feeling healthier, you know, him going into a a darkness retreat for three days yep. and finding himself mentally, whatever he had to do. But my second take is, it's official. The Cat and Gobert pairing absolutely works. Now that you've given those guys a full year, like a full calendar year, Cat missed 50 games, but they all right, they got all the the kinks ironed out. They brought Mike Conley in as part of this puzzle. And we, we've gone over some of these lineup combo stats before. Last year, in the playoffs and the regular season, when Cat and Gobert were on the court together, and they have to be for like 20 minutes a game, because yep. they're going to start together, they're probably going to finish together, and then they're going to they're going to play together in the middle for chunks of time too. Like you, you can't avoid it. Those guys have to be on the court, and the Wolves lost those minutes by some. I don't have it in front of me. But it was like a minus five points per one hundred possessions or something when those guys were on the court. So, for the first year, they were literally like hanging on for dear life when those guys were on the court together just don't lose those minutes by a ton and let's make it up on the other side when we start going with other lineup combinations which always kind of felt like boy can you do that with these two guys like your two highest paid players can you just hang on for dear life no they have to thrive for this to work mm-hmm. well here we are 20 what are they 20 26 games into the season when Gobert and Cat are on the court at the same time, which has been 568 total minutes this year. It's a lot of minutes. The Wolves are a plus 11 points per 100 possessions. It's like a 16-point swing per 100 possessions compared to last year. It works. It's And Gobert and Cat playing off each other, players finding Gobert for lobs. Defensively, Cat yeah. has stepped up his game. They've just... They work together. They're not just trying to fight through those minutes to maybe break even. They're drastically outscoring teams per 100 possessions when those guys are on the
1: court. Together. That lob against the Heat that Cat made to Gobert was incredible. Like, that mm-hmm. was an incredible play. I, I don't know how he saw that, but he did, and it, it, it's a great play. I think Gobert deserves credit because it feels like he is not, and, and being healthy helps a ton, but it also feels like he's not fighting things now. Like, he just didn't seem comfortable last season he seems very comfortable now but i think the majority of the credit here goes to cat it's almost like cat realized fully how good he can be because he's a tremendous talent like that that's a frustrating thing when he is when he's whining and not playing as well as, as he can it's like dude you have more talent in your pinky than some of your teammates do in their entire body and it's now like cat has come to the conclusion of embracing that And again, I I think something happened. I think that there was some shift after that Celtics game where somebody either got to him or he came to his own realization. Mm -hmm. Because to me, you you know, and we were both at that game. That game was a monumental disappointment. On a night that was a lot of fun and the Wolves played great, he looked miserable. Everybody in
0: the arena was having fun and thriving and dominating. And
1: and it was like, wow, he is... (laughs) He's miserable. And, And, you know, since then, he has sort of joined the fun and my god when you're that talented you should so it it has um i think you probably a lot of people deserve credit here but those two now when you watch them it is fun and and i love on the cat front too not sure about you but i mean i love watching him utilize his skill set as a whole
0: yeah he's this you could argue since that boston game so if we include last night and last night he went for, you know, 21 points, six rebounds, four assists. Uh, it wasn't his best game, you know, seven for 17. He wasn't the most efficient from the floor. But it was not, another good game in yep. which he kept, the, he only had three fouls, didn't turn the ball over. Like he was fine, played some defense. But in the 21 games since that Boston game we talk about, where, and Kyle and I talked about this yesterday, but he, he scored seven points in that game and had 13 combined fouls and turnovers. It was one of the worst games of his career probably and he just looked like he couldn't find a fit and there were, and we had a you know, we had a bunch of discussions not just us but all around sort of you know Wolvesville does he fit is is this going to work are they going to have to dude the next game 9 for 12 23 points efficient shooting and then all of a sudden things start to click i so 21 games since that Boston game now i think it's the best 21 game stretch of his career i'm not saying you can probably find better numbers over 21 games maybe on some worse teams right but dude, 21 games. He's been dialed in. He's been having fun. He's been everything seems to be clicking for him and then the numbers are are just ridiculous, dude. 24 points per game, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, a block, a steal. His fouls are down by about a half a foul compared to his average the last couple of years and he's shooting 56% from the field. 49% from three and just under 90% from the free throw line. And he's playing really good defense. It's, it, it's the most joyous and the best, most efficient basketball that we've seen him play in probably two or three years or maybe five years.
1: In, in watching the Wolves now, and especially um, because of what you just talked about with Carl, it's the first time in a long time everyone on the floor looks like a professional. Everybody looks like a professional, like and and I think that's probably a Conley tone. That's just my guess. Go Bear too. I think it's Go Go Bear too. Yeah, Go Go Bear. But um, but everybody, you know, you don't see the meltdowns. I actually thought I'll t- tell you this. I actually thought the loss at Philadelphia was impressive because that would have been an easy. This game's gotten away from us. Yeah, you know, and 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 Embiid's getting all the calls, and I think we can all agree that's a lot. There's a lot of BS there. Um. And previous Wolves teams, and I think a lot of current teams, would have just thrown up their hands and said, the refs are screwing us, we're out. And the Wolves came back in the third quarter and took a lead. Mm -hmm. And yes, they lost, but I don't think in situations like this with a team like this that's really good, I think the losses can be instructive too. And they are, and that game to me, they remain professional. And you're going to lose, and they lost. And yes, on Embiid, I think they got screwed. I think there were some terrible calls. but. Previous Wolves teams w- would have gotten teed up consistently, not just a couple. They probably would have gotten five tees and they mm-hmm. would have been, you know, and you would have seen the old Carl shoulders hanging right head, hanging down. Yeah. So I actually took that, that Sixers loss as a pretty instructive and impressive sign of how much this team has matured, despite the fact they didn't win it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. It was, it, I don't, I don't think it was a repeatable formula to win a game if those teams played a seven-game series. I don't think you would see Maxi... And, and Maxi and Embiid are awesome. Like, one of the best one-two punches in the NBA, for sure. And Embiid is one of the three or four best players in the league. Are those guys going to combine for 86 points or whatever wow. it was in game two of the seven-game series? Is he really going to shoot 18, 20 free throws? I mean, I, in a playoff series, I don't... It, I'd love to see those teams in a seven-game series. That's
1: all. That's all I'll say. But now you're talking about the most fun thing because I, I thought thought about this, and not that those two teams are, are going to meet in in the, the finals because the Wolves will probably play the Celtics. Um, <laughs> but here's what I thought of too, and this is what's fun in hockey as well: in a seven-game series where you're serious. So I'm not talking about a play-in team that's not that great. When you're serious in a seven-game series, what are what are going to be the forces? on both sides as far as a game plan goes because it's you know it's potentially seven games right Mm -hmm. a couple of things occurred to me the Embiid thing so first of all if I'm going up against an Embiid type of guy in a playoff series I need somebody who can foul him and really foul him because if you're going to flop in a playoff series and I'm not talking cheap shots but you you got to you got to have somebody who can get their money's worth because I think he'd start to whine, and and if, if you distract him, it's a huge win, right? So, like, if he's mad, if he doesn't get a couple of calls, or let's say he actually gets – I'm not talking a touch foul, but from the Wolves' standpoint, what are they going to do when teams try and goad Carl and Gobert – into foul trouble like mm-hmm. the Sixers did. Like these are the type of things in a playoff that I think are going to be fascinating to watch.
0: It is, yeah. And uh, like you said, we we wouldn't see those teams in a seven game series unless it was the NBA finals. And yeah, unfortunately, Philadelphia less likely to get there than the Timberwolves right now.
1: It's it's path be the, the uh <laughs> the, the 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 Celtics and Wolves for the McHale Cup. Oh. Forget the it. LOB. It's gonna be the McHale Cup.
0: Injected into my mind, Or could it be the uh, Marcus Banks Cup? Or the Sebastian <laughs> could be the Sebastian Telfair Cup.
1: Fair. I always like that name. Sebastian the
0: uh, the Dave. Mark Blunt
1: Cup. Oh my God! Yeah, it's a bunch of names. Yeah,
0: uh, I do have one more take for you here, uh, but my 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 main take right now is about Grand Ole Creamery. I Want to talk about Grand Ole Creamery All because right. they have delicious, iconic, small batch, handcrafted, ultra premium ice cream. Two locations in the Twin Cities: Saint Paul Grand Avenue and Minneapolis Cedar Avenue. 300 flavors with 32 on hand at any given time. 14% butterfat and locally sourced dairy farms from within a 100-mile radius. And just for the holidays, eggnog and winter wonderland flavors at the Grand Avenue location. That's Grand Ole Creamery. which You can also find inside Lunds, Byerly's, Kowalski's, hy V, and your nearest store, GrandOleCreamery.com. You know, eat responsibly. And then hit your friends up at Livia starting in january Uh, you can make change your
1: change your life (laughs) yeah exactly right drop all all of those unwanted pounds you know what if you're sitting on the couch right now and you're thinking january 1st i gotta get my life on track but you know it's hard to get to the gym right like it's hard to get up and say okay i'm gonna do this well do not fret because my friends at livia weight control centers have you covered with a program that i'm gonna tell you right now works i dropped 40 pounds a couple of years ago and here's the best part livia is not only going to help you drop those unwanted pounds they're going to help you keep those pounds off and they're going to do it with a deal as well you join today you get your first eight weeks for free that's right i'll say it again your first eight weeks for free what a deal this has this is a place that's been voted the best weight loss program in the state three years in a row 855 go l-i-v-e-a livia.com Livia.com. There are plenty of people in the score North family who have tried this. Phil and I have heard back from them. It works. They keep the the weight off. You know, I'm talking 30 pounds down for some, 100 pounds, 100 plus pounds down for others. Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com.
0: Get in shape for the playoffs, the playoff run. So, okay, my last Wolves take for you here on this this Friday. And when and uh, we're going to wind down Flagrant House a little bit between the holidays next week, so you're not going to see – nearly the volume of flagrant Howls episodes while we all take a breather. But uh, if anything big happens, we will be on standby, but we're going to, we're going to hit you with a bunch more episodes out of the gate in January. But my third take is Anthony Edwards has become such a great playmaker. How many times again, last night, like his ability now to understand and he's having fun with it. You can tell like He's, he's kind of seeing the game at a different level, mm-hmm. drawing a defender in, you know, doing doing like sort of the, uh, you know, the between the legs. I'm going to take you one-on-one. A defender comes into double team and boom, quick pass to the corner. Jay McDaniels, Mike Conley, right? Finding open teammates. Yep. And the numbers are going up with this new court vision. So here are his assists per game by season. Rookie year, 2.9. Second year, 3.8. Last year, 4.4. This year, up to 5.1 assists per game. Over five assists per game. So just... Wow, watching him become and he's also averaging, you know, five and a half rebounds, a steal and a half, 25 points a game, watching him just become this all around playmaker, looking to get opportunities for teammates and recognizing the attention that he draws as an offensive threat. You know, it is, it's, and there's probably another level or two as he, cause he's not even like at the peak of his prime yet. He's like emerging into his basketball prime this year. He's
1: maturing as a player for sure though. Mm-hmm. As a player. That- yes. <laughs> As a player, little work yes. to do on the as a person, human side. yeah. Yeah. Gonna- well, yeah, I mean that's a whole different thing. But but as far as people who said will his off the court problems become a distraction as we currently know them, my answer is no, not at all. Um, we we can judge him morally all we want. I don't personally think that's my job, but as, yeah. as a player, he is maturing, and as a player um he is seeing people in the locker room who are mature and so yes it is fun it is fun to watch this whole thing click and it is definitely clicking and the thing about ant too is and this is i think this has been true from day one i, I think that there was time there have been times when he tries to do too much but i don't think it's a DLo thing which mm-hmm. is i want mine i think it was i don't understand what i'm supposed to do yet thing which he's getting past now um and you know that was the biggest thing, and that that's a basketball thing too. It's a sports thing, uh, where you do have your guys who want theirs, and then you have guys who are potential star players who just don't understand how to use their teammates as much. And yes. it's very clear that Ant is doing that.
0: But he he understands to me. It's it's like a you know it's like a jazz band or something where if it's just you trying to get your solo in all the time, well, the rest of the band's going to get resentful, or they're not going to be ready when it's their time and he kind of understands like if i can in and around getting my own stuff in and i'm and of course i'm going to i'm going to dribble up and just pull up once in a while cuz i can and make those shots and he did it a couple times last night he's like i'll take this contested 3 in a big moment to create some space he also understands if he can get like other this. guys open looks and feeling good yep. you know go play your little trumpet solo over here come back over trombone over there well and you know.
1: is ant is without question no, no matter what he does the the uh lead singer in the band right conley's on drums because he keeps the beat sure so he's a drummer and cat's like
0: the like cat's like the guitar soloist who's like he's the best guitar player in the band you know once in a while there's on bass
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's just on bass he's playing the bass what's uh what's
0: what's shake milton been on he's like tambourine but just like he's the roadie he he adds it to the wrong he's the roadie
1: now what's what's (laughs) Jaden? so if if, if Jaden's the enforcer
0: four... man jaden's the jaden's the guy with sunglasses standing at the at the edge okay. of the stage basically he's gonna kick
1: some ass if he has to yeah <laughs> i like it i like the wolves of the it's band quiet.
0: so so there you go there's some wolves takes for you and uh, we'll see we'll see if this town's ready for a, a deep playoff run we're still four months away on christmas away.
1: on christmas day next year 2024 are you going to be at target center because I'm pretty sure yes. the Wolves will get will get one of the 5 games and I don't think they've ever played a Christmas Day game at home. They've played two or 3, I think two on the road. Yeah. I could see it
0: being at Target Center, a winter wonderland, and yes, I will I will be there along I love with the idea 18,000 screaming Wolves fans in Santa suits.
1: Nothing like Somebody getting did. out of the house on Christmas Day.
0: Mm-hmm. So, well that's uh that's your flagrant howls for this Friday here the uh, the OG Timberwolves guy Judd uh, Kyle back in the mix uh, maybe once during the holidays but for sure back firing out of the gate after the first of the year is that the Zach Levine bobblehead right there
1: he's not liked. trade rumors about him he is not well did did you see the Bulls I I saw uh the Bulls play by play guy and this is no mistake basically put out how, how much the players are enjoying this now and how the team's a team, and guess he's not playing.
0: Yeah, well, they smoked the Lakers two nights ago without, I think Zach was not playing in that game. So he'll wind up on some other team, I'm sure. He's yeah. he's a good guy. I think it's just, he's putting this, this is what's happening. Like He needs to be like the third guy on a team, and he's just in a spot mm-hmm. that's not not mm-hmm. working for him. But uh, there you go, Flagrant House, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast here on Score North.